Hello. Welcome to the Daily Cron for Monday, June 22nd, 2020. It has been a while, but I'm here with my special guest, Mike Fine. Say hi, Mike. Hi, Mike. And we are going to discuss the first day of WWDC 20, the first all-online Apple developer conference. And we uh, we had some watch-along party, parties going on today for both the keynote and the platform's State of the Union that were put on by Philicoca. You know, I, I put them on <laughs> as I was hosting them, but uh, it uh, it was a good time. It was a lot of stuff, kind of mind-blowing WWDC from my perspective. Oh, yeah. Uh, so I don't want to make this too long, but how about we, we talk about what some of the top things are. Do we want to start with the most mind-blowing, most important thing? Sure. Well, the biggest thing, I think you'll agree, will be the transition to Apple Silicon. Yes, the, the the highly rumored and uh, you know officially officially finally officially confirmed Apple Silicon. Yep, yep. That's the ARM transition we've been waiting for. It's been rumored for years now, and yeah. So it was it was not surprising, but it was. I was surprised it, by how thorough it was. Like how how much preparation they had already uh, had in effect. Yes, that's very true. Like it, it had. Um, a lot of it, it. It's really much farther along than I thought it was going to be. So, the Apple Silicon is basically just taking the same kinds of chips, the system on a chip system, yeah, system on a chips that they were making for iPads and iPhones, but making versions specifically for Macs, which I think is going to lead to uh, a lot of performance and battery life and a lot of cool stuff. And they talked about some of that. They didn't talk about any particular products, but they did talk about a uh, about software. Yes. The only, the only hardware they really talked about with their system on chip was the developing kit, uh, the DTK, Developer Transition yeah, Kit. Yeah, the, the DTK. is running well, a Mac Mini with a uh, the current uh, I, the A12Z, which is the uh, chip the in the iPad current Pro. iPad Pro. Right. I don't know why they can't just call it a dev kit. But <laughs> Apple loves a- acronyms for anything. Yeah, they Everything. have to, you know. But yeah, that is just a Mac Mini chassis with the special silicon. It's $500, you said? Uh, yeah, $500 for developers. You have to apply for it and tell them what you're working on, and yep. and you know it's it's really just for developers. It's not production. I bet I wouldn't be surprised you have to return it eventually. I would not be surprised by that either. But anyway, I do know some people that might be getting one, or they did apply for one. So we'll see. Some people in Philly Coca definitely applied for um, access because they're doing Mac work, but I'm not doing any Mac work at the moment, so uh, I'm not going to apply for it. I am in the market for a laptop or a iMac or something, so I don't know. <laughs> I I, what, I've what wanted a Mac Mini for a long time, and I think depending on what official products they come out with with this, I may end up getting. Well, yeah, they did say that official products wouldn't be until the end of the year for the first, which one. is sooner than I thought. Yeah, me too. I did, I, and I don't know what it's going to be. Uh, it could be anything. Although right. they just upgraded the 13 inch, they just upgraded the Air recently. They just they just did the 16 inch sort of. They only did a GPU upgrade, so it could be that. Could be a Possibly. Mac Mini. Because yep. that has been updated in a long time. Or it could really. be a variety. It could be something else. I don't know. I don't know what it's going to be. And they did say they still had uh, Intel products on the in the pipeline. Really? Okay. Yeah. I, 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 so, yeah, I mean, it's not like it's going to be overnight or anything. They no, said it's two a two-year transition. transition. Yep. But that that's for all their new stuff, Right. I guess. So they're still going to be supporting Intel for a long time. So part of this transition is these universal binaries that you can create in Xcode, you check a box and it creates a binary that has, uh, that's encoded for x86 and one for Apple Silicon. 
And the, I feel like you, I feel like you got to say that as pompously as possible. Apple Silicon, uh, they didn't even say ARM at all. They're not at time. all. Nope. Uh, so, but you can do this, and then you you end up with this universal binary. And there's also Rosetta Two, which is funny. During the during the watch along, I said, and I, you know, if they come out with a uh, a translation layer, they should call it Rosetta Two because that's what they call the old one, and that's ex- exactly what they did. They just wrote a new one, and they just branded it Rosetta 2 and I remember the original Rosetta and, and so what this allows you to do is take an x86 binary that hasn't been adapted in any way for the new system and it'll run it on your system in a performant way which is remarkable uh, the demos they gave were brief but they included things like games which you would think yeah. would be impossible to do effectively but they especially worked. games run that are hitting the metal uh, you know subprocessor well, yeah, yeah. Well, they they did a lot of tricks apparently to 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 write the translation layer, like cache a translation layer, so that it, it'll send instructions directly to the GPU and right. So that's very cool. So you can so the way this this transition is going to work if you're gonna you have an existing app or a new app, you can say I'm making a universal for uh, both platforms. Universal two. Universal two. Yes, they 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 yeah. did declare that that's universal two. Yeah, not Universal 1, which was universal across the iPhone and iPad. Right. Right. So um, Universal 2, so you do that, and then it works across, uh, it'll, it'll just work across both. It'll be compiled for both of them. So if you're making a new app, you can just do that, and everything pretty much should work. All the higher-level APIs, you know, you don't have to worry about the, the chip. And then uh, if you have an existing app, you have, to, you have to do that and maybe supporting, but not too much. They claim only a few days. But if you have something that you haven't done anything to, then it'll go through this Rosetta um system which is cool and they said that when you download it if it's if you download it from the mac app store it will do this translation at install otherwise it'll do it on first run so i believe that's how rosetta used to work it was like first run or maybe every time it ran i don't know it was a long time ago and and so it would do this translation that was what the, that was that a was slowdown what, 2006 that happened 2007 oh my there? it was it was um it was a long time ago because i was i think it was when i was a co-op that we still had Macs running OS nine and ten, like where they and they had like Rosetta doing some OS nine apps. So it was a long time ago. Yeah, it was a long time ago. But it was, it, it looks like they really well they really thought this out. It looks like it's going to be a lot less disruptive than I originally thought it might be. I mean, we'll we'll see. We haven't had any real detailed talks about it, but it looks like it'll be pretty easy to adopt. And if you're making something new, it'll be essentially a checkbox. Yeah. Which is great, and we'll see what kind of performance gains maybe we can get from this moving forward. But I'm excited to see what kind of hardware Apple makes when they have complete control that's stacked like that. Because you know, Intel chips have not been great for years. Yeah, they really struggled to move the roadmap forward and get the you know the smaller um, chips and better GPUs. I think the GPU story on Max is going to be the biggest thing to improve. Because the uh, the GPUs that come with Intel are just not great, the built-in ones, and then the MacBook Pros uh, and the other Macs that have dedicated GPUs, they're not even the best you can get for that price if you're looking at PC side. But they're they're better, but they're dedicated ones. And you know, there's a, there's always been a bit of a history uh, in my experience anyway with uh, dedicated GPUs being a little bit problematic on the uh, on some Macs. Uh, just there's always been like problems. But they're definitely not the best GPUs in the world. Like, the MacBook Pro 16-inch just got upgraded with a really expensive GPU upgrade, which apparently is very nice. But generally, they're expensive, and they're not even as performant as you would expect. But the GPU performance on iOS devices, like on iPad Pro, is quite phenomenal for the type of workloads, and and for games, even. Mm -hmm. But for photo editing and video editing and stuff, the iPad Pro is 
a remarkably um, effective machine for that kind of thing. So I'm really interested to see what happens if you take that kind of design philosophy and you say, okay, now we have a much bigger thermal ceiling, much more power available to us. Like, what what can Apple spit out? My question is, my question is, Thunderbolt is an Intel uh, property. It's an Intel IP. So will Apple continue using that and just license it, or are they going to come up with a competitor to that, or what? What's the deal there? Um, I think there is some kind of com- open standard or something around that stuff. I don't, I because it is I don't think they're going to get rid of Thunderbolt or the equivalent because it also is that whole the whole port situation. It's it's used for the monitors. It's like they need yeah. they need that um they need Thunderbolt or whatever the heck it's called. I thought there was some kind of standardized uh Thunderbolt version mm. it's I, like I not called thunderbolt it's called it's something a consortium else. thing uh, for yeah. the overall thing but i thought thunderbolt itself was uh, an intel ip i don't know but uh, branding aside i don't think they're going to get rid of it they're yeah. still going to have i think USB-C style ports but it's really going to be something like thunderbolt because you can't just break compatibility with all existing hardware that would be no. like and their their brand new you know you know monitor that's more that's worth more than my car is a uh, you know runs over thunderbolt so the stand is worth more than your car that's true. Right? What is that? Thousand dollars? Uh huh. Yeah, it's it's pretty incredible. I just kept getting distracted by how they were all using the new monitor. I I think they only had two of them there, and they were just sharing. Uh, yeah. I mean, they all filmed separately. With uh, they even had that in the credits. They mentioned it. They said there was just the presenter, I think, and just a camera person. The camera. The, yeah, it was the crew, and then and anybody who was there uh, who wasn't on camera was wearing masks, and everything had been fully sanitized. Yeah, yeah. So they're very careful. Yeah. So that was that's the big thing is that transition, which is very exciting, but honestly, not really super relevant to my day to day in the near term. No, no. So, but more relevant. Let's see. It was so much stuff. Um, it seems like they they really did a lot of work on on Catalyst and Swift yes. UI. Yes. And they're re- they're really pushing. Ever closer, the two you know main operating systems, or the three operating systems now. But uh, I would say, from a developer standpoint, the Swift UI upgrades I'm really interested in, especially the Xcode performance improvements they were kind of saying, and some of the uh, the lazy loading um, um, constructs that maybe can make can make the types of the user interfaces you would normally use for uh, you would normally use like a, a collection view for in UIKit mm-hmm. more you know usable. So that would be cool for the the idea that we had. Uh, yeah, and you know, also AR kit apparently got updated. They didn't really talk about it much, but they did demo a little bit and it looks really cool. AR kit, especially stuff. in, uh, in, um, in tandem with the LIDAR on the iPad pro. Yeah. And the LIDAR is cool, but it's also not, uh, it's not very useful for <laughs> a lot of, a lot of apps yet. It's like, it's like you can Unless see how Ikea. useful. Yeah, well, or you're you're trying to scan something for some other reason, but right. it's definitely going to be useful for uh, some kind of Apple Glasses thing in the future. So that'll be cool. I'm trying to look through right now. The what else do we do? It was really big. It was so much stuff. It was hard to keep track. There of. There was a lot. I mean, there, everything everything got updated. The iPad, the iPhone, the the Apple Watch, everything. Okay. Yeah. So, okay. So the the ARM transition or the Apple Silicon thing was the biggest thing. Yeah, that was I think that was the mind-blower one it, it wasn't it, really mind-blowing just comprehensive yeah it's it's swift everything was basically a swift ui demo so i think everything. this is also the year i mean i've only dabbled in swift ui but i'm hoping the performance increases will help me be able to do it more on my ancient mac here but the um swift ui is is definitely what they're pushing so 
on i on the iOS side, the biggest change from a user standpoint is going to be this, I think, uh, among other things, the widgets. Yes, are now you can now put them on the springboard or on the home screen. As the widgets it. and the uh, the the app clip. The app clips, yeah, both of them are Swift UI based. So really interesting. The app clips, they they said that you take a Swift UI view and then they they um, turn it into an archive, like a static archive that then they can load, mm-hmm. and then the data comes in for that. So that user interface is just a statically constructed thing you make with Swift UI, and then the the data for it comes on a timeline, yeah. if I understand correctly. So yeah, a timeline with uh, you also select its um, relevance. Right, and you can set relevance scores, so you can have these widgets which uh, change depending on the time of day and and uh, and I guess other other uh, signals. Uh, and but what's interesting about it is it's not just it's not like the standard widgets we have existing before, where it, it apparently it's it's uh, more based. On, it looks like it's more based on the watch technology. I'm not super familiar with the the latest APIs on watchOS, but the whole timeline format is kind of interesting. So it's it's not always live. It's not always g- getting data is what it looks like, uh, but that saves power and makes it more efficient for the home screen. But you can also make it all kinds of different sizes. You can stack them, and they, they just move, they just push the app icons around. There's a, you can hide uh, screens of app icons in iOS 14, yep. which is nice. There's this whole additional screen, which gives you... A library. Like, like the app library, which kind of automatically collects your apps together. as which well Which I already you... put all my stuff in folders anyway, kind of like that, so... Right, but, but this is automatic, and, yeah. and you know, so... I think it, it, that'll be helpful to a lot of people who have a lot of apps. And hiding the screens is nice if you don't you know, need to access those things all the time. Uh, and then the app clips are very cool. So they have a, like the special QR code or NFC tag, and it can, it can launch them. Yeah, both. And what it is, it's, it's kind of like an extension of your app. It's just a part of your app. It has to be kept very small. 10 megabytes the, or less. Yeah, 10 megs or less. And then the idea is you, you, you get near this code with your phone. It'll download just the thing you need. So one of the, the obvious examples that they gave was a parking meter. So you go up to the parking meter and there's the icon. You put your phone near it and, and it pops up the, a part of the parking app that you need. So you don't actually have to have it installed. And then there's a button to actually download the full app. And uh, as so a you, developer, you get to choose when to prompt somebody to download the whole thing. So they don't have to download it right away. They, they can wait until after their transaction is done. And they're like, if you like this experience, you can get the full app. Here you go. That right kind of now, thing. I believe there's something like this that was already on the Android side from a year, maybe more ago. A lot of these things were, yeah. On the Android and side. but you know, it it didn't get wide adoption. That's the thing. Like, te- it, t- it tends to be that Apple gets the adoption moving, and then and then mm-hmm. you see it everywhere. But the I like this idea. I mean, I wanted this to happen. Um, I remember I think talking about it a little bit last year with people. Like, we did, were when we're when the Android version of this came out. Uh, but I like that idea because there's, there's lots of times where you know, you might want to, well, back in the days when we actually went around in the world, <laughs> we left our back, houses. Back in February. Back in February. You would go somewhere and you like maybe like a parking meter, maybe like a restaurant, maybe a store. And you, you didn't want to necessarily go searching for their app and downloading the whole thing, but you just needed to have some quick interaction because they also have signing with Apple and Apple pay. They're, they're saying these app clips, you can, uh, you can integrate those things. So you don't need to have people create accounts or log in everything can just be one tap very I, easy. I see myself having a lot less apps installed on my phone if i can just download the part i need when i need it yeah i mean may, i think that's part of the, the point but trying to make this stuff more seamless and integrated with your i don't know real life encounters so that the the apps are augmenting some task you're trying to perform out in the world mm-hmm. uh and and uh, i just i imagine someday we will be back <laughs> 
<laughs> out there in the world, and this will be really useful. Twenty twenty two. Yeah, but I I I like that a lot. They didn't they they didn't talk about um they talked some stuff health wise, but they didn't really do much. Most of it was oriented that. towards the Apple Watch. Uh, Apple and, Watch. Oh, and for the new Watch OS, you have to have an an Apple Watch three or newer, which neither oh, of well. us have. Yeah, it's time to upgrade. I, I was waiting I, I for the a series next one version. and a series two. I'm wearing both of them, uh, just like that lady was wearing three watches. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, I have a series two. Yeah. I need to upgrade, and and I guess I've been saving up, and I was kind of hoping they would upgrade the watches soon, like a new hardware. Because they very well may. I feel like the last release was just was just almost what they wanted to release. The five, yeah. it, it, it like had some performance battery issues because of the screen, but always on. But we'll see. Uh, I do need to get that. What else was 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 talked about that you think was really interesting? There's so much uh, stuff pencil. in here. Apple uh, pencil updates. Oh, pencil kit. Scribble is everywhere. So basically, the Newton is back. Yes, the Newton is back. Yeah, you can you could scribble and you can do handwriting into a text special text field or oh, it looks like a any text, text field. field. Any text field, and it will translate it into regular text. Also, you can take handwrite written things and treat them more like regular yep. type. Yeah, text. you can you drag can them, you can them. select yeah. them, change color, copy change and paste. Everything. Yep. Yeah, the copy and paste was very cool. Uh, and they made a little demo app. It was some kind of like student handwriting practicing app. Mm-hmm. And also, they can detect tracing or something. So they they had this app where they were they were tracing the letters. So the the idea is a student who's learning how to how to handwrite. And then when they don't trace it closely enough, it would give an indication. And if they did it properly, it would give them a different indication. And it was really nice. And they also added a lot of support for picking up. Uh, more more details about the orientation and I think the pressure and such of yep. the pencil and pencil kit, yep. which will, which is great because all that stuff being built in the pencil kit opens the door for. It was all stuff uh, that was being, that was apps. that was known to the OS anyway, but the apps didn't have that information. Right. Now they would. yeah right right, and it, so it made it more difficult to implement that kind of, exactly. of stuff in an app. And now it's just it's there, and pencil kit is apparently pretty straightforward to use. You know, right. So that's very, very cool. Um, what else did you like? Anything else? Um, I mean, there's so much stuff in here that I'm, I, I'm excited I mean, about. Just from a basic presentation standpoint, I thought this keynote was not only one of their best, but I don't think they should go back to a live audience ever again. Wow. Wow. I, I'm not I think, sh- I, I think the, the, the pace was so much faster. They didn't, they had a couple jokes that tried and failed, but not nearly as many as they normally do. Uh, the presentation was a lot slicker, the good use of drone cameras and just everything I thought was a lot better produced than anything that they've done with their live stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I agree mostly. I don't think they're going to stop having audiences in the future because there's some energy that was, that was lost with it. But I would say that they lost what energy they lost by not having an audience. They really gained efficiency. Like these, these talks, the, the presentations were very, very polished and they went smoothly. And Tim Cook, I think, performs way better when he's rehearsed than oh, he is yeah. live. A- absolutely. And, and so it, it it moved along at a very quick clip, and there was just no wasted space. It had really uh, fun transitions using these drone shots around the you know Apple campus and some other fun camera techniques to zoom around like yep. the campus and inside the buildings and you know running up stairs. It was it was very energetic for a pre recorded. Uh, type of talk. So I like that a lot. And I do hope they continue this online WWDC, but I wouldn't be surprised if they offer this with an in-person version. Although, I mean, I, I guess I wouldn't be completely surprised if they also just stopped doing in-person stuff or maybe limited it more 
I don't know. I mean, it's 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 not like they need it for money making or anything like that. But there's something special that, that, about being in person at WWC. At least that's what I'm told because I've never been there. It's right. too expensive for me. This is well, my first year. This year it's free. So yeah, yeah. This is my first year where I'm, I'm literally attending WWC as, as as much as you can attend this, exactly. like everybody else, because it's all online, which I I think is cool. But uh, so I don't know. I, I think they'll bring the audience back though when they can. Hmm. But but uh, so we'll how about see. for you? What stood out? What stood out? And just overall, what, what stood out? Well, to I you said the, the arm transition, um, right? Like what we've been talking about the the Swift UI, the app, the app clips. I think this is uh, they really didn't even mention AppKit at all. So I think yeah. uh, I think that you know the, I, I think Swift UI and um, Catalyst UI Kit and and that that's the future. It, it seems like uh, the Mac developers are now UI Kit or Sw- or Swift UI developers. Well, that's what forward. they want. That's what Apple's I mean, always yeah, wanted. That's what it seems like. Yeah, there's just, I mean, that's fine. The app kit, the writing's been on the wall for a while, but they're really pushing this idea of of writing essentially iOS and iPad OS apps, and then having them run on Mac. So not just Catalyst, but then on the Apple Silicon based Macs, you can run iPhone apps and iPad apps unchanged natively. Yes, natively, which is crazy, and and then it does some trickery to try to make them work. Yeah. Depend, like, like depending on how so if you adopted the ipad um you know windowing characteristics you can do then it'll it'll work pretty well because it's kind of like a uh, catalyst but without but it's like automatic it's like some level of, of catalyzation <laughs> or yep. whatever we call it and uh and i like that they did some demos they use uh Reddle's documents which i thought yep. was the one that was most impressive because that's like a productivity app but they also did um what else they do they did something they, else they did uh dirt racing they did a game. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that was very impressive. Uh, but Not to honestly, mention, they also showed the virtualization using Linux, uh, which was... An ARM-based Linux. So I, yeah. they, well, they didn't show Windows. That. No. So, well, the, there the is an ARM-based is, Windows, too. There is, and I, I don't know how fully featured it is, but the the only thing they showed for virtualization was, I believe, an ARM-based Linux in they, Parallels. They, well, I was going to say, and they showed Parallels, too. They showed them running side-by-side. Well, no, but they ran. It was in Parallels, wasn't that? Parallels was running the Linux VM, wasn't they, it? They they actually had. If you if you were watching, they had uh, the virtualization of the Linux terminal, and they had Parallels running next to it. I thought that was in the same Parallels window. Oh, was it? Like, it looked I, like two separate windows to me. I don't know. It was hard. To, I wasn't watching a full screen as I had so many windows up. I thought, I, they were, I, thought, I thought they were trying to show the comparison. Well, I thought they were just doing. I thought it was it was Parallels was just running and it was using an ARM virtualized oh, okay. hypervisor and and then. Oh, okay. So it, 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 I, I don't know if you can run an in, an, I don't know if you can do like parallels with x86 Windows and have it be performant. I don't know if that's even possible. So uh, we'll see about that because that's I still technically use Windows VM at work sometimes, but I hate it. So and it's awful. So I, I, I'd be fine with it going. I think the that the, the need to run Windows on a, as a Mac user is really not very high anymore. The only reason I think most people do it is for gaming. In, uh, and they do it as a, what the heck is that called? I, boot, I don't know. Boot camp, right? Boot camp, boot camp yes. yeah. So uh, they didn't mention if they're going to have boot camp anymore. But uh, as far as VMs and stuff, they, they do seem to be trying to push towards a more developer-friendly app, uh, friendly operating system for developers today who are more multi-platform and, and using things like Docker and virtualization much more heavily. And Well, years and, ago, uh, years ago, know. for, uh, I forget which version of a, a Mac OS, before it was Mac OS, when it was still, 
whatever they called it. Uh, they had OS uh, 10. Yes, OS 10. <laughs> they uh, they were promoting their whole back to the Mac, where they took ideas from the iPhone and brought it to the Mac. This just seems like the natural progression of that. Well, yeah. I mean, it just keeps getting closer and closer together. So you got to uh, wonder if next uh, release they're going to bring some more stuff from the PC or from the, the Mac to the I, iOS again. Not that or iPad have, OS. I would guess iPad, iPad OS. Yeah. Not like, that they have much that they have exclusive to the Mac anymore. Well, I mean, I think there's a lot of complaints people have about iPad OS, but it's gotten a lot better. Uh, you yeah. know, it's now Mac Mac OS 11 now. They've yes, retired the that 10. Is, that is one of the big things. Wait, wait, how many vis- versions of 10? 15? 15. Although, 15. apparently, developers who have downloaded the beta uh, have noted that it does still say 10.16. Wow. It said 11 on, on the demo. It does. On the screen, so. it, on the, in the demo, it said 11. But in the uh, in the beta, it says uh, ten point sixteen. Well, well, they're 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 advertising as or they're as branding it as macOS eleven. Yes. So that's well. It's the a, the conjecture is that uh, macOS eleven is the ARM based one. Or the ARM Mac ten point sixteen is the uh, Intel based one. Oh, ah, well, okay. That 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 could very well be true. Yeah, it's not clear to me that's what they were doing, but that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Makes makes a lot of sense. Uh, is there anything else we want to talk about from the keynote? The keynote. It was it was just really well done. It was a, a jam packed kind yeah. of keynote. It was, there was so much going on in there, and not it much was, fluff. I mean, it was it was well produced. It was full of content. Yeah, uh, and the, there and wasn't then, really much disappointment as far as uh, in years past there have been, but there wasn't also that many revelatory items that we didn't already that wasn't already rumored. Right, and then the State of the Union was yes. essentially just a deeper dive on the stuff from the keynote. There wasn't any surprises i don't think during that there was just more detail i i think that's is that where they made explicit that you can um switch email and browsers in ios yeah. make as they, default it was, it on, was a on a slide it was, it was on, was on a slide, slide during the main uh keynote but they yeah. did confirm it again later yeah. on so they didn't say anything else though they didn't say about music or podcasts or no, anything although that was on a slide too they they say default podcast and music uh no not that but the, that the home pod would support third party uh Music sources besides yeah, Apple I Music. Mean, well, that's cool. Oh, and they they had the ability to do uh, um, store kit stuff in Simulator. Yes, testing store kits testing, which is huge. I, I've never done store kit stuff, and it's always been like I looked at it and say, like, "Oh, this is such a pain in the butt." <laughs> uh, and everybody I know has ever done it. It's like, "Oh, it's a pain in the butt." But now it looks like you can actually simulate stuff. You can simulate a whole buying experience and then access that uh, data in Xcode, so you don't have to deploy your app and and do all this crazy testing which is apparently very difficult mm-hmm. sometimes so that's cool I, I don't know if it's going to be enough to make using StoreKit easy <laughs> but no but, but it's an improve, can, it looks like an improvement yeah at least you can develop you know some more specific stuff for <laughs> post-purchase you yeah, know yeah. content yeah the, um there's a new mac os kind of uh user interface i mean they kept selling the all new it's like it's not all new it's still no, like it's translucent. mouse and it's still mouse and pointer based but yeah it's trend more translucency i guess more yeah. color the the net the um the button bars they've they've kind of changed a bit and they're more they, round well yeah but they more like hidden they're like more i don't know they, they they seem to be more attached to the physical pane of the of the window yeah they're doing more like they change the materials kind of that they're using for the user interface elements a bit. It's uh it's it's cool. I, I like it. It was a little bit divisive in the uh Slack, I think. Not everybody likes it. Yeah. But I like that kind of look. It's definitely more colorful. They're going for more color and more you know, and just less clutter as they've been doing for a while, which you know, sometimes means they you lose affordances. Big one being they change the sheet 
interface, uh, the yes. sheet UI, so that instead of that little thing that pops up attached to the title bar in a window pop, and like scrolls down, it's now more like a modal from iOS. And it just pops up it, in the middle of the screen. Yeah, and I don't know how I feel about that because on one hand, speaking it's, speaking you know, of which, the uh, the fact that the phone now doesn't take up the entire screen is huge. Oh right, I was literally saying this. Uh, I think yesterday, people said, "Oh, please be the year where I no longer get a full screen phone calls because it's so irritating." It's especially irritating when you get spam calls. What I hope this allows me to do is just flick it away and hang it up, you know? Yep. Uh, so that's nice. They they mentioned it on iPad OS, and then they said it was also an iOS. I'm like, oh, yep. thankfully, thank goodness. Uh, so that is great. I don't I, I'm get I don't know if that means if your phone is locked, whether that is what's going to happen or not. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what this. I don't know what's going to look like. But I really hope it could just always be the phone call will be like that. I just want a little little notification thing for phone calls. Just like what FaceTime does on your Mac. You know, yep. it does this little thing. Like, I don't need a full screen phone call interface. It's actually really irritating when that happens. Uh, so that that's actually a nice little uh, minor improvement, but but one that I think I very will welcome. appreciate. Yeah, very welcome. I'll appreciate that one a lot. Let's see. Oh, they talked a lot about uh, privacy, too, in this. They mentioned that one, uh, as usual. As they always. are now... Adding adding the requirement to disclose how you're what data you're collecting and how you're using it, including right. third party stuff, which is going to bite me because I use like a you know I use like a third party analytics for very basic stuff, no, nothing you know, and like crash reporting. And I guess I'm going to have to add some information about that yeah, in but there. That's not, that's not nearly as intrusive as as, as long as Facebook's post is going to be. No, right. But for me, it's just it's probably going to be more of a just a, a minor inconvenience just a little bit more of an inconvenience than the privacy policy already was. But now, but it's all good. It's good they have that. I really appreciate they're doing this. I think this is great to disclose this stuff. And I, and I, and as you said in the, in the, the chat, you know, wait to see what Facebook is like, like how's Facebook even going to do this? Like the amount of stuff that they must, ha- they must have to disclose. It's going to be, it's going to be really uh, eye opening. I think to people, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, like how many third party things they maybe use. I don't know. Uh, I'm curious to see how this work how, how this works out in practice with apps. Is it going to force no, not even just Facebook? Use... How about downloading Chrome? You know. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, Google Google owns all the all the companies that do all the tracking. So as yeah, far as well, they're concerned, there wouldn't it, be third party tracking. Ad network stuff is going to be hit to this probably because if you if you use an embedded ad network, yeah. ad sphere app, which is funny, they used to be iAds, but then mm. right, and they got rid of yeah, them. Yeah, they Apple, gave up on that. Yeah, which means that you you had to use the the crappier, less privacy protecting ad networks, right? Yep. So apparently, you're gonna have to disclose all that stuff. It's not like it's it's the stuff was already theoretically being disclosed in privacy policies. Not that anybody ever read them, right? So now they're, they're gonna be basically that's what this is. This is them forcing you to disclose it more upfront, so you it still appears have to scroll in the towards the store. bottom of the page uh, of the description. On the yes, page. it's but it gets more upfront. It's like it's yeah. in the app store page, and it's 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 going to be more visible than it ever was because no one probably looked at the privacy policies really. No, it, it didn't. It because when you install the app, it didn't show them to you. The button for it is pretty small, and like I have it accessible. It's I'm not I don't hide it in like the app I work on, but or anything. But it's in settings. It's not like it's up front in your face. Um, so this makes it more obvious when you're actually looking at apps. I don't, yep. I don't know how, it, if it's going to affect it. Oh, also doesn't it have, it has a, um, a pop-up, uh, a modal pop-up that tells people like this, that the, the, the app is, sh- is sharing information or something, doesn't it? Yeah. That but the, yeah. It doesn't happen often or yeah, but if like it the hap- first it, time. But. Yeah. But that, that's similar to what happens True. now with Bluetooth. Remember that when they, true. when that happened this year with iOS 13 and all these apps, 
started saying, oh, we use Bluetooth to track your location. I'm like, why? And I, and I kept denying it over and over. Mm-hmm. Like, I denied it on so many apps, and they, they work fine. It was like, why do you need to know this yep. information, right? Yep. And the same thing that might happen here, you know, where, where people are going to see this prompt, and, and they're going to start realizing how many apps are sending information, sending information yeah, but you to third parts. You can't just select deny and have the app still work. Is that, can you, or no? No, I don't I'm know what happens. Can't. As far as I know, it's you, you can't install it if you don't. Is that true? I don't. I, I, so. I was not clear to me what happens there. Yeah. But uh, I am excited to see what happens. This is all week. There's going to be videos. Apparently, they're going to all drop each day at 1 p.m. If I understand yep. correctly. So I'm well, really yeah, excited. They're not for that. live talks. They're all pre-recorded. Yeah. So, are, is there anything you're excited to watch this week? Are you going to watch more stuff this week? Because I, yeah, I mean, I no, took, there's, I took there's off some design this. stuff I'm looking forward to. I unfortunately have to work, but because they're pre-recorded, I can watch them whenever. I don't have to watch them as watch they're... them at 2x. Yeah, Ooh. or 1.5. Yeah, um, but, uh, no, there's a few design things I'm looking forward to there that I, uh, I'm trying to star for future uh, reference in the app. Yeah. If the app kept crashing on me, yeah, I got to go through and star them. Yeah, there's been some issues today with the, I guess, with all the people. Um, yeah. Hitting the is everybody hitting the Apple servers. Uh, one thing I didn't see, and I don't think I see it here in the list, is I, I want a Mac um, package manager, hmm. so I don't have to use Homebrew anymore. Right. But uh, we'll see, because uh, Microsoft just released one, or they announced one at their build conference. Let's see what else they're managing Apple devices. Oh, yeah. oh. there's always interesting stuff later in the week. Yeah. App Essentials and Swift UI. Oh yeah, they added some Swift UI syntax for declaring app architecture, which then allows the app to have some kind of like automatic features oh, across yeah, platforms. Pound if. <laughs> yeah, pound if and you say, Oh, I'm on a Mac, so give me this thing. Yeah, I don't know. I don't I don't quite understand what they're doing there, but uh that's I think it makes it easier to do cross platform apps. Yeah, I would imagine. They do things in a declarative manner, which is cool. Oh man iOS pickers, there's a lot of design changes with uh, pickers and like user interface elements for for volume and stuff. Like little little widgety things are all yeah. over the place. Now. Everything's just tweaked. There's like behind yeah. the scenes stuff is huge. Everything that consumers are going to see is pretty much just tweaks. Yeah, yeah. And there's a lot of developer improvements. Oh, there was the whole car keys thing. Yeah, where you can unlock your car and and, and people are like, what are you going to lose? Which more? What 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 are you more likely to lose when you're out about your phone or your car keys? I was like, well, you know, I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm zealous about protecting my phone, but but that's right. a good point. You know, what if you're out and you don't take exactly. your keys? That, I don't. That and what what which battery is more likely to die, your key fob or your phone? Yeah, I mean, for me, I don't have a car that even uses CarPlay, but uh, when I do have a car that use all this stuff, when I'm like, you know, sixty or something at the rate I go through cars, the you know, I, I think I would probably keep my key on me or a fob on me, and then I just wouldn't use it. I would just use my phone because it would be more convenient. Yeah, maybe it's uh, it's unclear to me how big of improvement this is, but you know maybe it's tied into other things because you know when you have that connection with your between your car and your phone, maybe you can facilitate other stuff. When I used to have the OnStar thing briefly mm-hmm. when I had my new car years ago, and it was like the free trial version of it, it had a few features in their app, like you could remotely yep. you know, lock the doors. I, I still have OnStar with mine, so I do that. Right, and you could see you'd pay for that. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't pay for, for the automatic but you, cross detect, uh, cross, uh, crash detection. Right, had that, and and I used to like that the app could tell me the tire pressure and that kind mm-hmm. of thing, which I think I should be able to know without paying some third party service. But whatever, you I should, wonder if but... if this stuff will will lead to to more of that kind of data sharing. And apparently, CarPlay is awesome; people love it. But I can't can't use it without 
I guess ripping out stuff from my dashboard and doing a uh, you know a new system. I have uh, Siri that integration. That's what they advertised at the time. They never upgraded to CarPlay, which really annoyed me. But you know, it is what it is. Yep. Um, let's. I'm just going through the list here of stuff coming this week. Man, there's so many, so many videos. I'm not gonna be able to watch all of them. No. There's a what's new and in-app purchase. I'm gonna probably check out widgets. There's a whole bunch of widget stuff, subscription stuff. They didn't mention anything about App Store um, changes with in terms of like 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 pricing or uh, you know how much take they have. And there was a you know controversy recently about uh, you know App Store app review guidelines and pricing. But I didn't expect them to be addressing any of that stuff. No, I'm already not at all. For it. Yeah, so. Uh, yeah, yeah. No no one more thing, but we didn't need that because we had enough. Yeah, uh, no, definitely. Design great widgets. A lot of stuff about metal widgets, things that... SF Symbols, too, I'm actually curious about to see what that is because uh, SF Symbols are cool, but they're not... Th- th- there seem to be a lot of holes in them when I looked through them last, like just types of symbols I couldn't find. Mm. Yeah, you know, and so I'll be here, interested to see what's in them. Um, yeah, and then oh, these Swift on AWS Lambda. I was hoping they do a little bit more Swift on the server stuff. It looks like maybe they are. That's cool. Oh, that's good. And that's cool. Uh, yeah, so oh, one surprise thing before we end this because we've been talking for a while. Uh, I was really pleased to see that widgets. I mean, not widgets. Um, extensions, Safari extensions, might actually be coming back in a useful way. So they said they're going to be. Uh, supporting the the standard what is it called web web extensions or something? Yeah, I'm not real familiar with the web stuff anymore. But they they said you could take like a Chrome uh, extension, a Firefox extension, and port it into a more secure version of Safari. So this is a big deal because they used to have regular kind of webby extension there. You do it in JavaScript and everything, but they weren't secure really. They can access all kinds of information, anything on your screen, anything on your browser. So they switched to this system where you had to create an extension. And put it in the Mac App Store. It was very limited, and I looked into it last year to do something. I was like, this is, this is not good. And so now it looks like they're kind of blending the two together. So you can take more of a regular you know, web extension that the other browsers can use, but you still, I think, have to deploy it to the Mac App Store, and there's probably more restrictions on it, but we'll see what that looks like. I'm curious to see how that actually works out. Because And, and you can also choose uh, things like like how much access an extension has. So you can say you can access this page, but not other pages. You can say you can do it for just today. So that's really cool. So you mm-hmm. basically have controlled access. So you're not just installing an extension. It just has automatic access to every web page you look at, okay. you know, which, which is nice because that, that is a, an issue with uh, extensions. But Safari has had just, just terrible extension support for years now since they, they made that transition and they got rid of the original Safari extensions. And uh, it's been ha- kind of painful. I mean, especially with things like, you know, like ad blockers. <laughs> Where where you're you were stuck with the uh, the standard ad blocking uh, mechanisms were kind of limited, and uh, you know just other extensions like One Password has this really amazing One Password X or I guess that's how you pronounce it uh, extension for everything else but not Safari and they use use the regular one mm-hmm. the regular extension which is fine but like the 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 X one you know is is pretty slick you know so stuff like that I'm hoping that we get more extension support in Safari because. I think that's a major reason why it's fallen out of favor with a lot of people uh, is that lack of extension imagine. support. You know, yeah. I still use Safari primarily, but uh, I can see why it's, it's, it's like a little more painful, a little harder to use uh, because of the lack of extension. So that was, a, that was a nice surprise for me. Okay, so I think we've been talking for a long time. Is there anything else you want to you wanna bring up before we, uh, we call it a day here? I think we're good. 
Yeah, so that was a lot. So thank you for joining us today. We're going to be doing this probably later in the week, too. I don't know if we're going to do it every day or just, uh, you know, maybe once or twice more in the week. I don't know. We'll see how we feel about it. Yeah, after we've checked out a few more sessions. Yeah, yeah. But for now, um, that's where we are. So uh, check out WWDC. It's free this year. You can watch the keynote. You can watch state the platform's State of the Union right now uh, if you like. And uh, there'll be videos released every day this week, it looks like. And it's it's going to be fun. It's it's my favorite time of the year, really. It's it's like Christmas for Apple developers. Yeah, or Nerd Super Bowl, as I've heard. heard. That's probably better. Nerd Super Bowl, I like that. Yeah. Okay. So that's going to be it for this uh, episode of the Daily Cron. Not so daily, more like every other month, every two Definitely months. Definitely a cron, though. Three months. What? Definitely a cron, though. Definitely a cron? Because of the... Yeah, because yeah. of the time. The time, yes. Um, yeah, so that's going to be it. So, uh, I'm going to call it, call it here and I uh, will talk to you uh, next time. All right. Have a great day. Later.